everyone, and welcome back to your MPSA podcast, and welcome to today's team, reduced by the flu, unfortunately, but nevertheless, they're real experts, they've all been through it, and they all are talking about it, writing about it, um, webcasting about it every day. So welcome, Ed Mosteller, CEO of Perform IT uh, US, Edwin Jongsma, MPS expert from Amsterdam, Europe, and our very special guest today, Patricia Ames, President and Analyst with the BPL Magazine. As an international independent industry body, the MPSA provides education, research, and best practices to help organizations actively manage and optimize their document output devices and related processes. And to make sure you're up to date with what's going on in the industry, to share insights and expertise with you and in a timely manner, the Education Committee has decided to bring hot topics to you via podcast, easy to consume wherever you are and picking up on the hottest and latest topics. And like all of us, you have probably been wondering what's going on with all those mergers and acquisitions. What's the impact on our industry? And if you listened to last week's episode, we discussed how mergers and acquisitions are affecting the dealership landscape and Today, we want to turn to the impact on the vendors. Now, Patricia, welcome to the MPSA Education Committee and today's podcast. And thank you for carving out the time from your very busy schedule to be with us here. I remember not too long ago, mergers and acquisitions were something special. Uh, currently, however, it feels like not one day passes where we don't hear about dealer and vendor mergers and acquisitions and uh, in our last episode we took a closer look at how the dealer landscape is affected um, and today we want to uh, shed some light on the vendors. Patricia, you must be drowning in press releases these days announcing yet another merger or an acquisition. How do you feel about this? How soon will we be running out of vendors to take over or being taken over? <laughs> Petra, thanks for the introduction. Um, you know, I um, have seen, we've all seen a lot of the industries uh, go through consolidation over the years. I was an eyewitness to the remanufactured cartridge reseller market contraction here in the U.S. five or so years ago. Uh, that was definitely not a fun ride. Uh, so when you ask me how I feel about this, I think... Honestly, I would say a little nervous, um, although I would also say that channels tend to find new pathways, uh, usually aided by technology, like in IT solutions, for instance. And I'm hoping that we'll see our channel go more in that direction. When we're talking vendors, it's a pretty broad landscape out there. Um, there's a pretty finite number of OEMs, but there are a lot of uh, small and large players on the software side in the industry and the channels. So there still seems to be uh, a large group of vendors out there with new entrants also continuing to come in. So I, I don't think we're out of vendors yet, <laughs> but I would, I would uh, say I'm a little cautious when I see this because um, I, did, I did ride right through it um, in another part of this industry on the supply side and it, it was, wasn't a good ride. So. 
Yeah, last time we heard um, <laughs> that there is roughly about 2,000 uh, dealerships left to take over or being taken over because uh, it looks like there is not an awful lot of new businesses coming up. So uh, you're saying there's hope for the vendors that it's going to take a bit longer because we see new businesses coming up with new solutions, in particular in the software industry? Would that um, be correct? Yeah. Uh, sure, and and keep in mind, we're when we're talking about the independent dealers and the two thousand number or fifteen hundred number, depending on who you talk to, uh, the, we also need to look at channel convergence uh, with the IT of our channel mm -hmm. uh, because that is going on as well. Um, but that also means that it opens up new opportunity um, for a lot that were on this side, on the imaging channel side, to go into the IT VAR channel. So where, where you see contraction in the number of players, you also see uh, the pie potentially growing uh, on where uh, dealers can get business. Uh, so things in life even tend to have a way of balancing themselves out. So the, the picture isn't as, uh, as limited uh, in a lot of ways as, as some people are looking at it, I think. Right. Um, we got some questions actually in this time uh, from, from guests who are listening to our mm -hmm. podcast. And um, so we're structuring this, this episode a bit around their questions. And one of them was, in what ways do vendor acquisitions affect dealers? Um, I know Ed, I know Edwin, you both have been through situations like we're talking about in this in the last episode. What can you share with us in particular in what ways do vendor acquisitions affect dealers? I think there's a, a couple ways that um, the dealers are impacted. In the situation where you have two similar vendors, let's say they both do similar types of software and they, they merge or one acquires the other, um, the positive can be that the software uh, takes the best of both breeds. So the dealers could end up with a better product um, and there could also be an infusion of cash for development. So, so that'd be on the positive, but the negative could be, uh, from a price standpoint. So if I, if I had two or three vendors selling the same product and now I have one or two, um, I, I would say that you could see an increase in pricing, which could be, um, which would be a negative impact for the dealers. Um, OEMs buying software vendors, we've seen that happen as well. Uh, the positive again would be an influx of money for development. Uh, the negative could be that that development's more uh, focused for that OEM and less for the general market. And then, then the last uh, merger situation would be OEMs buying OEMs. We've seen a fair amount of that and I think we'll continue to see that. Um, Again, the positive could be that you're going to get a best in breed from a technology standpoint. And then again, the negative that you are um, seeing an impact because you're having less, as a, as a dealer, you're having less manufacturers to choose from. Edwin, mergers and acquisitions are not just a US centric phenomenon. Um, what can you share with us from the European side? 
Yeah, in, in Europe, um, I think the biggest merger and acquisition was uh, the one HP did uh, buying Apogee. And uh, yeah, I, I think that is not uh, percepted in the first place um, as, as yeah, very special to the, the channel because uh, HP is a very channel-oriented uh, OEM and uh, they bought a channel company so everybody in the channel said okay you always said we do all uh, or at least 85 90 percent of our business through the channel and now you're buying your own channel company so for the the thrust of their uh, reseller channel i think that was not good but yeah they defended themselves uh, in a way that okay every oem was at the table uh, doing a bit for buying apogee so uh, it was a defensive move from us to buy this market share before the others would. So in my opinion, um, it looks like there's a trend going on that OEMs want to uh, scale up their direct sales influence by buying more and more reselling companies, also to maybe increase their revenue and, and profitability. I don't know what's your opinion about that. So, Edwin, um, you're saying that uh, the reason for the acquisition was uh, an increase of market share and revenue? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to catch your thread. Yeah, well, what, what I'm noticing is that more and more OEMs are buying uh, reselling companies. And the big question is, why are they doing that? Because normally you would say they would encourage their most loyal uh, resellers to mm -hmm. become bigger and uh, maybe support them buying those companies instead of the OEMs buying uh, themselves reselling companies. So I see a trend going on that uh, where the last 10, 15 years, OEMs wanted to do more business through the channel. They're now uh, moving back to getting more influence in the direct sales themselves by uh, increasing their uh, direct sales revenue by buying uh, companies. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you'll see the pendulum sw swing back and forth. We've got quite a few instances in the last couple of years, right? If there was a, m a moment there where the OEMs were very aggressive in acquiring uh, dealers in the United States, but that's been uh, kind of pulled back. We've watched uh, Rico um, hand over basically um, some of a lot of their SMB business to to some of their best dealers and even outside players. Um, we've watched Xerox now um, spin around XBS um, and their SMB market. Uh, so it, you will see that pendulum going back and forth. I do think HP is in a relatively unique situation in that with their acquisition of the Samsung printer division and um, their new product coming out, they, they need scale in a different way um, and within a different time frame, perhaps than um, the other OEMs. So that move is pretty unique, um, but uh, um, you'll see a lot of the other OEMs when they're acquiring a reseller, a lot of times it is a defensive move, which you, you, you already spoke about. Yeah. yeah. We have another question, which it's kind of uh, linked to it. it. It talks about monopolies. So 
vendors, buying vendors um, with similar offerings. And, and we've just seen that happening when the big deal be, uh, between Korean Dotted uh, was closed and ECI. So um, is, is that a direction we might be heading for? And, and how dangerous would it be to, to have those big players say with on one end with, with the hardware on the other in the middle maybe with the software and then um, even worse the, the the dealerships that are getting um, more and more uh, yeah merged is 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 that something good or bad for for the industry or or how would you how would you judge that yeah I would say um, as I said earlier that uh, there's positives and negatives. So the positive is the, the cash influx, the ability to create uh, an optimal piece of software or optimal hardware. Uh, the negative is that that may not happen. And that's what we've seen is that some companies acquire uh, multiple software companies and that do similar things, but the only thing that comes out of it is higher subscription prices. Uh, so uh, we've seen that. Uh, I feel like when hardware companies buy software companies, a lot of times they're doing it to to expand their market, right? So mm. you know, we talk about dealers expanding their marketplace. Well, the hardware vendors have tried to do that as well. Uh, some with success and some without. I mean, Lexmark's a great example of a company that tried to turn themselves into a software and services company and um they've done like patricia was saying about cycles they've done a 180 on that you know they got acquired and spun off all that software that they acquired they ended up spinning that off so um you know there are risks to the dealer uh from a pricing standpoint uh but then there can be synergies as well that that would work out you just really have to look at each one on a um uh, you know, one by one basis, but, um, you know, we'll see because there this convergence will definitely continue to happen, um, over time. Petra, you know, um, obviously when, when there's limited choice in a market, uh, it, the consumer tends to be the loser. So um, Ed is talking about consolidation of software companies and, and then subscription prices going up. Um, that's one of the effects that you'll see, negative effects. Um, limited choice, um, not being able to access certain features if you're an outlier, but um, trying to fit in, and you'll, you'll find less, less options available to you. Another um, thing that can tend to happen is when and a company has a near monopoly on uh, a corner of the market, you, you actually see less research and development go into the product because it just becomes more of a cash cow scenario where um, the company is, is just charging higher prices and, and, and thrashing <laughs> that customer base um, 
for as much as they can get out of it without reinvesting in the product because there's no incentive uh, to innovate. So um, th those situations aren't, uh, aren't great for the consumer. But what does happen in those situations a lot of times uh, is that new entrants come in um, because of new technology that um, can now be used. Um, when, when things get a little stale, there's different ways of looking at the solutions and the subscription prices get high enough. It makes it attractive uh, for new people to come in and try to take market share uh, and, and change the game entirely. So while um, it, it, it can, in the interim, stifle um, competition and innovation, in the long run, a lot of times, um, disruptive players come in and change the entire game. So, you know, that might be the pro, um, but that's sometimes a long-term game and some people might not make it <laughs> yeah. through the entire cycle. Um, so um, there's, you know, a couple ways to look at that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about like the managed print services industry is not necessarily one where you'd say, yeah, we rule the market. So um, do you guys think that these mergers and acquisitions actually help to push our industry forward um, beyond, oh my God, print is dead, long live print? Or, 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 or is it like we're just skipping certain steps now and say, okay, whatever happened in the past, it happened. And um, so now we've got like, four or five major software uh, vendors. We got um, six or eight major OEMs, and then we got a, um, a variety of dealerships who rule the market and who is not on board with all this, has lost basically, and, and also the customers, uh, the end user is actually, doesn't really get um, the benefit of all that, uh, just, just the bigger ones. So would you say like for the end user, this is good? Or is it actually making it even more difficult um, to, to be part of, of the management services community? Uh, in, in my opinion, uh, all those mergers and acquisitions are, um, are, are not uh, related or, or based on uh, the end user, but uh, in, in yeah, surviving on the long term. Uh, in a way that uh, because everything is declining in the print industry, number of prints, number of devices per customer, the prices are still declining, the margins are declining. So the only way to, to um, stay uh, profitable as a company or grow is to buy other companies and grow your revenue in that way, uh, cut all, all uh, get a certain economy of scale so you can lower your cost. And you can um, yeah, still uh, be and stay profitable and even grow your profits. So I, I think it's a it's a way of surviving and on on the uh, on the short term. And if those companies who are taking over companies also can adjust new services and solutions to their portfolio uh, outside the traditional box related uh, industry we're in, then they can do the next step and grow organically in a new type of business which uh, is still growing so i i, I think um, that that's in most of the cases the strategy mm -hmm. patricia anything similar you you see like from your daily um 
intake of, of, of information you get both from, from all different kind of, of, of mergers, vendor, hardware, software, dealers. Um, is that something you can confirm or where you go? No, I think it's actually going to be better for the customer going forward because they're building new strategic partnerships, which, which are much better than what we have so far. Well, I think if we look at your question and that focus in this particular question on that end user, um, we, get, we tend to be a little myopic. Um, in our industry, when we're looking at who we are and, and what we mean to, to the, to the uh, industry, and uh, perhaps the end user isn't looking at things the same way we are anyway. Um, you know, they're uh, typically an end user is, is an office somewhere, a law office or a school system, or maybe. Um, a retail organization that they're they're looking at uh, their issues and um, realizing that it's business technology and, and and they just want the shortest path to accomplishing their goals in an efficient way uh, so they're not looking at a section of what we call the imaging channel or um, the IT channel they're they're looking at hey I need to print I also need some document workflow uh, I'd like to manage my costs um, how do I do that so I, I think if we if we look at that scenario uh, and we look back at our own channel uh, we realize that convergence really is uh, a part of this whole scenario and Edwin is talking about branching out into different types of solutions uh, that is broadening the the universe that you have access to um, who are your clients what can you sell to them what is your portfolio um, and I, I think you know there are ways to look at this in a broadening way which perhaps give give their uh, resellers more opportunity um, to kind of branch out um, some of it is forced because of uh, squeezing margins and, and um, print decline and more competition and acquisition uh, creating some of these scenarios but they're um, there is the opportunity um, now uh, specifically there there are are a lot more options out there, uh, partly because of this merger and acquisition activity to be able to sell certain software solutions that really weren't available even two or three years ago. When we look at where MPS now is categorized, um, a lot of times it's under a, an umbrella of, of workflow solutions, mm -hmm. business process automation solutions, and NPS is actually just a part of some software solutions um, that you offer as a technology reseller. Um, so I, I think that the end user isn't looking so granularly at, at, at this, and maybe as a reseller, it would behoove us to um, broaden out that vision a little bit. So if, well, if I would put myself now in a medium-sized um, dealership who has finally managed to adopt managed print services as an offering, um, and, and I see that they're, uh, the software categories are kind of like not managed print services anymore. Um, 
I mean, the learning curve is hard enough for a lot of these smaller companies. Isn't, isn't that going to be even more difficult now um, for them to, to get the right solutions on board, both hardware and software, and to get the right communication going? Or would that be a problem anyway, no matter how the, how the vendor market is changing? And you want to grab that one? <laughs> yeah, you've been in those situations. Come on, and you're talking to those people. Yeah, no, I, I think that um, I don't think the consolidation impacts that problem. I think you're going to have that problem regardless, um, because you're right. The the um, the scope of what these dealers are selling has expanded. So if you're if you're going forward with the same resources that you had that were selling copiers or printers uh, and now you're selling document management solutions um, you know you may not have the right skill set so but that's not that's not a situation of of uh, mergers and acquisitions that's a that's a impact of trying to expand your business so I think that would have happened anyway mm. Um, mm. I think uh, I, I'll take a little twist here though that these uh, mergers and acquisitions one thing that that i'm seeing that they're happening is um so you're consolidating and within that consolidation you're letting people go We're, we've seen it happen over and over and the problem is um the risk is that we're losing uh, skill sets mm -hmm. um, in the vendor community uh, there's people that really have a lot of knowledge that are uh, potentially being forced out of the industry or or um, you know forced into retirement, uh, whatever it may be. And um, so I think I think that's a risk. Uh, not you know I think the dealers have their own uh, challenges in building their skill set, but I think from a vendor standpoint, there's a risk that you're losing. Um, skilled people and that's on the software side and the hardware side we're seeing uh gis now i guess xbs uh just announcing that they're consolidating offices and within that they're they they will be letting people go it sounds like yeah and you know a lot of these people have a lot of skills a lot of knowledge a lot of um uh industry contacts mm -hmm. and so i think that's an impact that we really haven't talked about yet and that that's one area that does concern me as well. So basically, um, if I hear that correctly, mergers and acquisition are, are, are draining um, really highly skilled people uh, from, from, from the industry, which we would really need to, to make it a success or to support those who are not quite um, there yet and, and would, would need that support through a vendor, for example. Would that right. be correct? Yeah. Right, right. So you have, you know, you have uh, three or four DCA companies that get converged into into one company, and you may not, you know, you may lose some of those skills, some of the mm -hmm. some of the knowledge, um, because if I'm if I'm the acquiring company, um, part of what I want to do is reduce costs. I mean, that's why you do it. You spend X amount of dollars. You need to get a return on that investment. Part of how you get that return is by uh, converging back offices, converging sales and marketing. Um, and in doing that, you can lose some really good skilled people that would help, uh, help in the industry in general. Mm -hmm.
and I think it's difficult in a way of um, uh, ECI is I think a good example with all those companies they bought and all the brands they have now uh, under their umbrella. Yeah, what will you be your strategy? Uh, because um, the customers of Print Audit has chosen that product because of uh, the capabilities of the solution, the people behind it, the support processes, etc. So if if those people leave and um, uh, the trust of the customers leave with them uh, then yeah your merger and acquisition will lose a lot of revenue in that way and i think nuance has been also an example of buying uh, companies akitrack safecom uh, mm. nsi auto store and finally it was very difficult i think for them to manage a new strategy, a new platform, a new product development, innovation uh, horizon, where to go. And uh, so um, that, that will also, I think, be the challenge for EZI. So it's mm-hmm. not always easy with all those different brands under one umbrella to have mm-hmm. a very uh, clear strategy and customer satisfaction. Uh, and as we are kind of uh, coming to an end of, of, of today's session i, I want to throw a, a a rumor in the round that has been floating uh, in the industry for for a bit now um xerox we all know that deal with fuji doesn't quite work and uh, in the aftermath of, of all the, the the news there a new rumor came up that hp might be looking at xerox a quick statement from each of you how would that impact our industry if such a deal would really go through well i think we've already seen some hardware um acquisitions uh with hp already and um you know i think if if that rumor were to happen you would have You'd have uh, you know HP kind of filling in its its product uh, portfolio uh, again an influx of money potentially, uh, but then on the downside you have less choices and less choices can be can can be a negative. Um, you know these things are all <laughs> rumors. I've I've worked for hardware vendors and software vendors, and the rumors are uh, are rumors. And then you have something that happens out of left field, like the Staples acquisition of Dex. Uh, so, <laughs> so it remains to be seen. Um, you know, like I said earlier when we were talking, um, the acquiring companies sometimes you just scratch your head as to what the what the strategy is. Um, you know, there's some companies that buy just to buy, but we'll we'll yeah. see. Time will tell. Patricia, some closing thoughts from your end. On HP uh, Xerox or just in general? <laughs> if you can fit them in both in a sentence, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure about the HP uh, Xerox rumor. Um, I, it's been around a long time. It was part of the original fallout uh, with the Fuji Xerox that came up in the court documents um, that were filed, I believe, in December uh, so of last year. So I think uh, that H- there may have been a buying signal from HP um, 
when Jeff Jacobson was still running the company, um, but an in, a buying interest is a, a, a far road away from an acquisition. And you'd have to think, ask why, what they're looking for. And um, then the other question is, would Xerox even be a for sale in pieces? And then, hey, does HB pick up the MPS piece? Or, uh, you know, what are, what are you looking for within that scenario? I don't know. Um, but uh, what I do know is that in the end, I think technology is going to be what plays the biggest role in how the channel shapes and develops in the midterm. Um, I, I don't think there's any denying the consolidation and contraction in the channel. As a matter of fact, um, I recently heard that Georgia Pacific will no longer be making office paper. Uh, that kind of sends a shudder down my spine. Um, th that worries me a little bit. Um, but um, we also need to look at the, all the innovation that's occurring. And I believe that uh, that is where we're going to find opportunity. I think things, uh, life life is very fluid and business is fluid and um, opportunity windows of opportunity open up and I do think that technology is going to be the driver for that um, so that's what I'd say thank you Edwin some closing thoughts from your end yeah well I, I, I think um, the HP zeros combination uh, has a lot of positive uh, advantages uh, the first is, and that's maybe the most important one, I think Mr. Trump will like it, instead of Xerox being sold to the Japanese. <clears throat> um, and if you look at their portfolios, I, th I think there is um, yeah, a good overlap in a way of uh, HP is strong on the A4 side, Xerox always struggling there. Xerox is very strong on the, the A3 office side and the, the, the low entry uh, production A3 where HP has nothing, so, yeah, and <clears throat> if you look at the, yeah, the high-end production, okay, then uh, you get maybe an issue of uh, mon monopoly, uh, monopolist uh, polism uh, with Indigo and iGen. And <clears throat> I, I think if you look at the IT side of HP uh, and, and the economy of scale they can create together as a U.S. company in a declining world where you need this scale to stay uh, competitive on the long term, I think it could be a very good choice uh, of HP buying Xerox, especially on, uh, Xerox has a very loyal uh, mono brand channel and that, that is one of the biggest challenges of HP to get a, a good channel in print. Uh, so I, I think it could be uh, a very interesting uh, merger and acquisition. And I, I'm surprised because I think it was 2013, 14, uh, the days of the Fotiso events, the Fotiso analysts already predicted that before 2020, a lot of mergers and acquisitions between OEMs would go on. So it will be reduced uh, in a number of, in those days, 15, back to six or seven. And actually, not a, a lot of merger and acquisitions between OEMs happened yet. So I think there there is still a way to go for the next years to come. Because if you look in the laptop industry, HP, Lenovo, and Dell are dominating with three parties the market. Mm. So I think there's um, uh, space for the coming years uh, to, to reduce the number of print OEMs uh, by at least 50%.
So in other words, we still have the most exciting times of vendors, mergers and acquisitions ahead of us. Thank you. And with that, unfortunately, um, we have to come to an end today. Um, I'd like to thank everybody who made their time to be in the studio with us today. Um, that's Patricia Ames from BPO Media, Ed Master Perform IT, and Edwin Youngsma from, uh, well, he is a, a European consultant for the MPS industry. Thank you so much for having the time. Our audience, thank you very much for listening. Um, stay tuned. We're already working on the next edition of our podcast series. And uh, in the meantime, please do send us your feedback, questions, visit the website. If you know anybody who's not yet a member of the MPSA, send them our way. It really pays off to be with us. And uh, with that, I say thank you very much and goodbye for now. See you soon. Hear you soon. Bye-bye.